all your skill. Be forewarned if you haven't been already. The hottest thing in the 12 and under set is coming soon to a theater near you. Pokemon the movie joins Pokemon the video game and Pokemon the trading card as must-sees and must-haves. To start us off tonight, NBC News correspondent Colleen Dominguez on the craze that has now hit Hollywood. Good morning. It is Tech Talk Today episode, boy, I don't even remember anymore. I think it's up in the 250s, which at that point you just stop counting. My name is Chris. And I'm Angela. Hello, Angela. That Hello. was Brywy from the past. Did you catch that there? That was Brywy. No. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 He, he's timeless. He doesn't age, I swear. Well, like he's... his hair was a little longer there, but yeah, he still thicker. Looked... Yeah. Thicker. <laughs> thicker. And by the way, technically, I'm just squeezing by on my new rules because it's 251. So I'm just barely, just yep, barely. Right? Yeah. So that was an old throwback of Pokemon coverage. Of course, you've probably heard all about it. In case you haven't, here's more modern coverage on the whole Pokemon Go thing. Go, take four. Go, Bloomberg. Go, go. Pokemon Go, because oh, it's sweeping the nation. Oh. This revolutionary smartphone app has soared <laughs> to the top of download charts, and Nintendo stock has skyrocketed. Joining us now is Bloomberg News' Selena Wang. Selena, so let's start with the basics for people that have still to download the app. How does this work? Yeah, how viral this game has gotten is pretty insane. And if you walk around New York, you're going to see multitudes of people running around playing this game. But how it works is that it's a location-based app. So you can also think, almost think of it as fantasy Google Maps. You walk around and you're going to be trying to find Pokemon characters overlaid over the real world. And you're going to try to catch these Pokemon characters. And, Selena, we were showing earlier the ADR for Nintendo and how it's soaring today up more than 30%. In Japan, of course, Nintendo's shares rallied by the 25% limit. So you have the knee-jerk reaction, but what does this really mean for the company down the road once the fever dies off a little bit. We'll save the uh, rampant for speculation, uh, but it is great for Nintendo's bottom line right now. Yeah, that's Pokemon Go in a nutshell. I wonder if anybody in the Mumble Room has been playing it. There's only one person in the Mumble Room today. <laughs> Hello, Mumble Room. <laughs> Mr. Free, that's your that's your cue right there to say hello. But you don't have anybody to say hello with, so I'll excuse you. So uh, instead of asking him if he's been playing Pokemon Go, I'll just kind of give you some of the information right off the uh, the top here. It's been uh, gangbusters for Nintendo, absolute gangbusters, with Pokemon showing up in all kinds of places, from delivery rooms to police offices to churches. Pokemon Go is outranking Tinder on Android installs. Wow. It's now ranked, I don't know where they get this ridiculous number, but they now say on nearly 5% of all Android devices. Devices. People huh. spend more time in Pokemon Go than they do in WhatsApp there or Instagram. Been, there have been some great, like, false or fake stories going out, like, or, well, just sensational titles like uh, gamers getting more exercise than they ever have. I love this one. Sore Go. legs become yeah. pandemic as Pokemon right. Go players accidentally get exercise. Accidentally get <laughs> exercise. It's, it, it's absolutely true. It's great. But, you know, they didn't really do a good a, a job of explaining the app at all. Like, I didn't think. Okay. And I'm not convinced. And in fact, I think one of the titles that should be suggested is Pokemon Go, comma, just go. <laughs> <laughs> it is uh, It is basically um, a walk around in real life where they've overlaid uh, these Pokemon on top of um, like a Google Maps environment. So you walk around and do – it's like geocaching for yeah, right. virtual goods, right. I guess you could put it. Um, and it does take – it sucks down the battery life. It's available for oh, iOS or Android. Oh, my gosh. We're going to start seeing like phone chargers at uh, Pokemon hotspots, I bet. 
totally. Here's some of the tweets that the media has been poking fun at. My legs are sore from too much Pokemon Go. My feet and legs are so sore from Pokemon Go today. I got an hour. I got an hour of sleep, but I took over a gym and gained five levels, so it was pretty good. <laughs> I ran for a good minute or two yesterday for Pokemon Go, and my lower legs are sore. I could blame my shoes or accept how unfit I am. My legs are actually pretty sore, thanks to Pokemon Go. You know, this is this is one of the first things I thought of when I heard about this game. Is I don't even have a big thing for Pokemon, but I thought this would be a fun way to get some exercise. It is, and I think I think Dylan would really like it. I think he. Oh man, yeah. You know, this I think you know zooming out. I think this is going to be a whole new category. I talked yeah. a little bit about it with Mike on Coda Radio uh, for mm-hmm. some of the ramifications for Nintendo too. But here, why don't we talk about this link that you found? The, this article that argues that Pokemon Go is actually a huge security risk. Apparently, yeah. It's n- not necessarily – I don't know the vali- validity of this blog. I'll give you but, the argument. You want hear, So yeah. here's the argument. Uh, Pokemon Go has full access to your Google account. Also keep in mind it's using the Google Maps API, so it's getting all your location information. The access you grant to Pokemon Go are the following. The ability to read all of your email. Send email as you. Access all your Google Drive documents and include delete them. Look at your search history and your map navigation history. Access any private photos you store in Google Photos. And, of course, there's a whole lot more. Wow. Yeah. Um, This is – this application – there's been – I've been reading some speculation today on a couple of articles that were linked on Hacker News that essentially – you have to understand the dynamics of the entire relationship here. The company behind Pokemon Go isn't just Nintendo. Nintendo is definitely the big name and Pokemon's their brand. Mm-hmm. But they worked with a company and I have the details linked in the show notes if you guys are actually interested in, in – It also in, starts with an N, right? Yeah, Niantic or Niantic yeah, right. I think yeah. is how you say it. Niantic Inc. They are a spinoff of Google. Uh-huh. And they created a program in the past called Ingress, which is similar to this, but not Pokemon fun. But it's also a virtual reality map game like mm-hmm, this where you, mm-hmm. you close portals and stuff like that. Well, uh, on October 15th, 2015, they raised a ton of money. So they were spun out from Google in August of 2015 to become their own standalone company. However, in October of 2015, they raised $20 million dollars. From Nintendo and Google. And Google has substantial ownership still over this company. So they are essentially a Google company mm-hmm. that was spun off and still has majority control by Google. So really, the security risk here for using Pokemon Go is about as dangerous as using Google. Right, as Google already having your data. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's just that there are a couple other third parties the, that. The other thing people are taking issue with is it looks like they use a couple of private APIs that Google doesn't make available to average developers. Mm-hmm. And there may be additional data, that collection there, that we don't know about. And it sounds like the other reason – this is where some of the speculation is written on Hacker News. Some of the speculation there is, is that they tried to use the public APIs and they couldn't do what they wanted to do. And since Niantic has – or Niantic has a relationship with Alphabet and Google that they were able to use these private APIs. So there's some security concerns around that as well. But uh, yeah, don't fool yourself. This is a Google product – all on its own. And you think about, Ange, think about if Google really wanted to, they now have remote sensors all over the map, the Google map, collecting relevant location-based data, taking pictures of areas. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a brilliant idea. Yeah. Well, and, you know, and I wish I knew which episode it was, but on Women's Tech Radio, we actually interviewed somebody that created a company that was very similar to this, but it was leaving notes 
digital notes I remember in, that. in physical locations yep. anywhere. And um, and it wasn't necessarily game-based, you know, like this one is obviously. But it was um, like, hey, if you go to Japan, try to find my, you know, my notes here or, or there. Or you can leave a video of you skateboarding on a park. And so people could see, oh, he just did that trick. I'm going to try that trick. Here. You know, like it was really cool. So I, I will try to find the, that episode mm-hmm. in the show notes. You know what this is going to do? What? This is going to accelerate the demand that kids have to have phones. Absolutely. Yeah. I have two on my desk that Dylan's already eyeballing. Yeah. And you know, the thing is, is you could see it like he could do, he could search all around the house and then when he goes out places and comes Oh my up, gosh. I, I don't know how it would work. Should it, we just do that instead of repairing or replacing his iPad? I don't know. He dropped his iPad in the driveway the other day. It was super sad because he was heartbroken. Oh man. And there's really? nothing And he dropped than, it on the corner. Chris knew. He's like, yeah, don't pick it up. I, I will. I will pick yeah. it up. <laughs> and, and Chris knows how to pick up because Chris breaks screens all the time. He knows how to pick up a... <laughs> broken uh, phone or iPad. Yeah, anyway. Sad. No, not all the time, but... I, I have, you know, I have a... I, I would say one out of three, mm-hmm. but just because I, I roll through devices pretty regularly, about two a year. I, <laughs> no, it's, oh, that's no, what it's I, gotten down it is, to. It, is, it, it right. has to, used no, to be more, but yeah. now I feel like for <laughs> testing purposes, sure. one iPhone a year, one Nexus device a year, mm-hmm. you get a good sense, and you don't really... I don't need to dabble in the Samsungs and all that crap anymore. I'm done right. with that. But yeah, the, I think the Pokemon Go... I think... I think Dylan might really actually him and Abby. Can you imagine them running around with? Oh my gosh, that's adorable! That? Times ten. I know. And and I could see having a little fun with them and getting some exercise. Absolutely. You know, I I was uh, I was commenting on Coda Radio today that the gamification of exercise I think yes. is a huge area well, for app developers to explore. Well, and I mean it has been done. You know, Connect the Wii Fit, but it's but, you know I'm it's talking so about stationary. Yeah, I'm talking about like the fact that it's not it's not even intentional gamification, but the fact that my watch reports to me how how uh what my activity level is each day mm-hmm. and that it'll tell me you know if you just do like five more minutes you'll meet your goal i have never not done those five more minutes right the just the little bit of incentive and and metrics that i get and the oh man i'd love to get that i'd love to get that another day in a row i'd love to get that achievement you, mm-hmm. you've been there <laughs> yeah <laughs> we talked about it That's, in a that laugh show. is a classic <laughs> I'm actually considering not uh, not re- not worrying about it this week. You know, recover from from this morning. So. Oh my gosh! And a rough morning it was. Yeah. Like, uh, although you have to wonder if maybe if exercise. Well, yeah, yeah. You probably should take it easy because yeah. uh, you almost died this morning. Yeah. So I know it's not weird, and I'm I'm talking to you guys hear me just as normal as ever. But yeah, I'll, just, I'll briefly go over the story. I was on my final shot of my allergy uh, span thing. There, it's shot twenty five. 0.5 mils of the allergies that have been injected in me. And last Tuesday, uh, I had a really bad adverse reaction where my arm swelled up about nine inches long and about seven inches wide. So my arm was huge. And um, so it didn't heal for four days. So yesterday, no, today, I went in for a, uh, to go back a dose to 0.4 mils and um, it caused anaphylactic shock. Like within 10 minutes. So when I looked this up, because anaphylactic shock, when you told me you had that, I Googled it really quickly. Yeah, so did Jenny. (laughs) It sounds like it's more common in uh, men and women in their 30s and 40s and on. Like, So the little bit older you get, the more likely you are to get anaphylactic shock, which I thought was interesting. That is interesting. Um, And it sounds like it's like you start to lose consciousness. You have constricted breathing, tunnel vision. Yeah. So I was sitting in the waiting room and my face turned red. You're supposed to wait 30 minutes after each shot just 
to make sure something like this doesn't happen. So you have to kill 30 minutes at the hospital. Generally, yeah. nothing's happening because you're not no, having a reaction. No, and I didn't think I would because anaphylactic shock is, is like for more serious allergies, like food allergies or, you know, like peanuts or cats and dogs or, you know, whatever. But, um, yeah, my face started turning red kind of like when I drink alcohol. And so I went and told the, the nurse and she was like, okay, let's get you some Benadryl. So that's the third type of antihistamine that I had in my body at that point. And then um, she told me to sit down and I thought, well, that's strange. But she said, how's your breathing? I'm like, oh, it's fine. I just, you know, my face is just like really hot and red. And and then all of a sudden I felt it in my chest and I couldn't feel the constricted breathing, but I went <gasps> like that. And I said, oh my God, it's here. <laughs> I can't breathe. It's happening. Yeah, it's happening. And um, And I couldn't feel the constriction. I could see it which is the tunnel vision that Chris is talking about. It is the craziest experience ever. She already had the nebulizer ready with steroids. I was started breathing that. I had the oximeter on me. I had my blood pressure being taken. Another nurse was uh, stabbing me with an EpiPen. Um, and uh, once once I was able to breathe after about a, a five or ten minute treatment on the nebulizer, then I had to take a steroid pill um, to just help knock out whatever else my body might try to attack in the next 24 hours. Mm. Man, you know, uh, my story, just while we're telling personal horror stories, so get back from the vacations uh, Saturday. Mm -hmm. So I was able to take Sunday slow and watch a little bit of the last live stream, which was fun. Yeah. So I never get to actually watch it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so we're here at the studio uh, doing doing a few things Sunday, and we we leave right around lunchtime, and I'm super hungry, and Hadiyah's super hungry. And so we're like, well, let's get taco time. Oh. Yep. I freaking got food poisoning last night. Yeah, I was up all night with food poisoning. I don't know. You know, Dylan woke up with a really sore stomach. Yeah, I I mean, mine seemed... He didn't throw up, though. I'm getting getting so familiar with the food poisoning beast (laughs) that I feel like I know the... Wow. Yeah, I feel like like I... I, There are... What's interesting about... I probably shouldn't share this. I won't share this. But there's a a thing about food poisoning now that I'm getting familiar with. There's a telltale... The way you sign, th- yeah, there are, yeah, it's just gross. I won't share. Yeah, it, but, yeah no, uh, you won't. Uh, uh, so yeah, so I get back. I'm feeling great from a really great road trip, a super great vacation. I'm really feeling, you right. know. And then I'm up all night with food poisoning. I'm like, what the? Like, could I have? Could I have just gone back to work? Like, to, but I'm. I mean, other than so, that, I'm fine, but. I, you know, if we had a map like the Poke- Pokemon Go, we wouldn't go to Pandora Express. We wouldn't go to Taco Time. <laughs> yeah, right. We're Xing off some yeah. places around here. <laughs> Taco Time too was my call. She wanted to go to, um, she wanted to go to Buffalo Wild Wings, which in retrospect would have been a better yeah. call. I was mm-hmm. trying to save time. I was trying to make, you know, yeah. do a drive-through thing. Yeah. I'm done. I'm not eating out for like two weeks. Well, yeah, and well, as as Hadia said, you guys only ate out twice on the whole road trip, yeah. which I mean, yeah. which is super belly awesome. claps, seriously, yeah. like you know, you know what it is. Uh, partly, it, partly, I mean, the, most of the credit goes to two things: is taking an RV, which has our entire kitchen with it. Yeah, right. Your and whole so home. <laughs> before you just before you leave, you go grocery shopping, and then here's the other awesome thing, which I, I don't know why I didn't even think of this because it's actually happened to me once before. But when you have your own home with you, and you're in Montana. You're paying Montana prices for groceries, and everything is like <clears throat> bread, a dollar. Like wow. a whole loaf of bread was like a dollar something. Yeah. Uh, the uh, kind breakfast bars that I get at, at Safeway here mm-hmm. are thirteen ninety nine, and a box. for a box of them in Montana five ninety nine. What? 
So you stocked up. So you just even buy- though you can't really stock yeah. up yeah. in an RV. Yeah. <laughs> so that so that See really that box over and, then, there? <laughs> and then the other thing was you know we would as we were signing up camp often as I would put out like I'd hook up the water and the power and all of that kind of stuff. Hadi would be in the kitchen making food, mm-hmm. uh, and sometimes we'd like in the morning we'd make our sandwiches for the afternoon. So that way, as soon as right. dude got hungry or I yep. got hungry, it was you know, there. You just open the fridge and grab your sandwich. You know, speaking of all of this and being kind of news related, uh, an article came out while you were on your trip that you shouldn't consume even raw flour. So even if you've managed to find a cookie dough recipe or what, or a no I saw that. I yeah. just can't, I can't subscribe. I can. I can't subscribe. That S is processed and, and kept in, you know, like, just cookie no. dough. You know, there's only a few things in life that are truly, truly wonderful. Oh, and, and raw cookie me. dough. Yeah, I know. I know. That's in my blizzard that I like that. I, that's poison <laughs> to me now. Like I get the, it's the, okay. Here's what you need to do. Dairy queen, double fudge blizzard with extra cookie dough. And it's so it's two types of fudge, cookie dough, and extra cookie dough. Yeah, it sounds it's excessive. It is. I and hope it's they cook that cookie dough, but I eat it and it's I don't question it. I know, right? You know, before we get <laughs> off the whole vacay thing, I just want to yeah. say a special. I'm going to try to say it a few Huge. Other times. Really, Noah, thank you so much for every. Not only see people know he's he was he was on mic and he was doing these shows, not this show, but he was doing these shows. Yeah. And so, for example, you know, just a, as an example of his commitment is he flew out here to do TechSnap out of respect to Alan and the show TechSnap. The institution that is TechSnap, you know, he flew out here and did that show in studio so yep. it could be as high quality as possible. Yep. Uh, and that's not – when you're coming from Grand Forks, North Dakota to Washington State, that's not a small task. When you have a, a family with a wife and three kids and a, mm-hmm. your own business that you run, that's not a small task. Nope. Uh, and, uh, you know, he – Not to mention, you know, you guys – what you guys see is that it, it's an hour, two-hour long show. But the prep alone for these shows is a lot longer than that. Yeah, and uh, not only did he have to do the prep, but he had to, in, in for when all he, the shows when he did the shows in Grand Forks, he had to build the entire broadcast profile, which is all of the show's elements and assets. Well, and, and if you guys watched last uh, the two week two weeks ago, you know it started an hour and about fifteen minutes late because it took that long to get yeah. everything situated. But he was yeah. a pro. Yeah, he got so. It. Um, a, a big, huge thank you to him. And uh, you cannot understand how critical and important Rikai was to the whole thing. Absolutely. How how Rikai's intuition and understanding about what, what bits and pieces need to be connected for people to make things happen. And his, to get him the files so that he could edit and put everything out on schedule, even yeah. though it wasn't being recorded right. locally. And I, I can't, I haven't confirmed, but uh, I have a suspicion that the titles that we got, which were all good titles, were overrides yeah. by Rikai. Yeah. And I, I, and I don't know that. I haven't asked anybody, but just knowing, knowing Noah and knowing Rikai, I yeah. think that's what happened. And I, 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 in every case, I side with Rikai. So. Yeah. No, and I, yeah, I, I, I do know that the all by myself, uh, that one was definitely overridden by Rikai. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. good. So, uh, you know, a uh, big thank you to those two guys for working crazy hard while I took some time off. Uh, there was one technical snafu that came up mm-hmm. that I don't think anybody could have foreseen. Which one? I never would have predicted this. I don't, I don't think I could have, I could have I could have thought of it, and I don't think I could have ever, ever prevented it from happening. And it was crazy frustrating for me personally. And I don't even know if Noah even knew it was happening. Okay. So picture. Oh, was it the line noise in the right, in the nope, left speaker? No, nope. that, that you, that you could predict. Ryan? Okay. That's something you could foresee, potentially, because, you know, okay. machine noise happens. Yeah. No. This one was a whole bit by the cloud, disrupting my vacation. So the, the one day, the 24-hour period that, that Noah was in studio to do TechSnap. I experienced one of the most frustrating technology experiences of my life. 
Wh- I'm was driving he down the road. Texting, was he using your no. IRC as you? No. You, that, sure. But and that it could was be foreseen. You? No, that okay. could be. Sure. Uh, well, that's reasonable. Okay. You know, lots of notifications. That's kind of frustrating. Okay. What was it? I'm so dying I'm, to know. I'm driving down the road in the RV. It's one of the two days that we just drove for many, many, many hours. And so what we do on these days is we store up a bunch of podcasts. And this was a really important one, Ange, because dude watched two episodes of Star Trek with us. And we had two podcasts about those two episodes. So all three of us were listening to these podcasts. Yeah, it was a big moment for me. Big, big moment. And then? It would stop playing randomly. And and I, I couldn't get it to play. And I and I would I would reboot my phone and, ma- and mind Multiple you multiple sessions the way you're the way the way the uh, a, a gas coach works is the suspension on the uh, steering wheel there's no return to center wait what does this have to do with Noah I'm getting there okay there's no return to center on the steering wheel so okay. like you you know like old timey yes. shows where they're like they're moving the wheel back right. and forth like like to try to keep it steady yeah that's how you drive an RV you have Weird. to you have to so you can't take your hands off the wheel for a second. Okay. So anytime I have to reboot my phone and go through that process, either I'm doing it or yeah. Dylan's doing it or Dia's doing it. Sure. And it's, and my, my podcast just quit playing, quit playing. And my audio stops. It's dead. And I kept getting a notification about a, song, a track that's playing. And it would, it, it would have an option to pause it. Uh-huh. But it, it wasn't playing. It, I had no music. Okay. And, and, and it was extra tri- ch- tricky because I kept coming in and out of reception. Was this during Linux Unplugged? I think it was during TechSnap. No, I think it was, oh. I don't know though. I don't know. I, I can't. I, I, my recollection was TechSnap. Okay. What was happening was Noah was getting on the live stream and wanted to play some music for the live stream. And the, Spotify is connected to right. all the devices that support Spotify. Right. right. And so, for some reason, on my Android device, when Noah would hit play here in the studio, took priority. I'm over in Montana. And it pauses my podcast on yeah. my smartphone, and then wow. it says playing this track, but the audio is playing on AirMaster in the studio. Interesting, because during Linux Unplugged, Wes was trying to play music, and he was dancing to it, but we couldn't hear it. And so I was wondering if... <laughs> no, what that's you, something yeah. else, I think. Okay, good. Well, so, wow. and so it, these, And it happened like four times, and part of it, I think, was because I kept coming out of reception, and it would totally disable audio playback on my Android oh my device. Oh, and, and it was all true. We just want to listen to these podcasts. And I, and as as a dad who's now brought this, you know, I'm using technology and I've brought this thing for the family, for all of us to share amongst. I feel like it's my fault and my responsibility that it's our nice moments being ruined by right. my failing device. Well, and, and you, you and do get un, un, what is the word? Just you get overly, unreasonably, yes, unreasonably <laughs> upset sometimes, especially in that situation. When technology is behaving erratically. And yeah. It should. Oh, yeah. Well, However, it wasn't. It was working yeah. just right. It, it, but, about, yeah. I, I stretch it out in the story. Yeah. Been about five minutes. I had it figured out what was going Good. on. Yeah. yeah, you're smart enough. You're smart enough to figure that out. But it was like, what the heck? How could this be happening? Even though the audio wasn't playing back locally on the Android device, that the Spotify API was apparently. Jeez. So that was kind of like a funny, like could not have expected that uh, that that technical snafu. That I don't I don't know if I. And the first few times, my response was no, pause, quit. What do you? So I'd pause it and then I'd exit. I'd I'd bring up the task yeah, manager. Right? I'd end the application. I'm yep. like, screw you. I'm killing you. And then and then it would relaunch. It would relaunch. And redo it, and it was. Oh, and so, and so I, we have you haven't talked to Noah to figure out was he upset I uh, asked when him the no. music kept turning off? I haven't like, asked him. Right, you would steal the priority and, back. And, and here's the thing: is one of the last things I told him as I was leaving for vacation is like, okay, Noah, just you know, when you're on the live stream and you're setting stuff up, because I know you're gonna have time where you're you're building things and reset. Try not to have dead air. 
you know, maybe <laughs> <You're right. laughs> play a little music. Yeah, you know, so that way the audio stream knows yeah. you're live. Mm-hmm. So there he is trying to play music, mm-hmm. and I'm sitting there in the RV. Pause. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, sorry, Noah. Sorry, he switched Noah. to mix at some point because it would stop playing. Oh, Says there you Kai. go. <laughs> so I, that, that's that's a very good. I do have mix installed on the Airmaster. <laughs> I'll have to apologize wow. to him for that. So uh, there's something else Noah and I might be commenting about very soon. The great having. Has now occurred in Bitcoin. What? Yeah, block 42,000 has been mined, and the mining rewards, part of Bitcoin, the way it works is when you mine coins and then when you move coins around the network, you are rewarded for these different types of transactions. The reward for moving coins around the network now has been halved. Um, I'm not going to go into oh. too much more detail about it because this is not our Bitcoin show. We don't really have one at the moment. Patreon.com slash today. But mm-hmm. I do think it could be a very pivotal moment in future Bitcoin. We'll probably see some price dropping for a bit because some of the incentive now sure. to be in there is is reduced. But all the details, if you are still following this uh, like I am, uh, are uh, in link to the show notes. And the next halving occurs at uh, I think it's like 63 million or 630,000. I can't remember. It's in, the, it's in there. And also I have an analysis from Coinbase in the show notes. I just wanted to mark it right here because Bitcoin's kind of been getting interesting again. The price is up to 651 US uh, for one Bitcoin right now, which is actually remaining surprisingly stable after the great halving. Part of the reason why uh, people suspect that the price isn't dropping like it tends to do when big things happen in Bitcoin is this is part of Bitcoin. This is this has been expected. Right. There are a limited amount of coins, incentives will reduce, things like that. So this has been sort of factored into the price for a while because it's in the code and the mm-hmm. code's open and we've all seen it coming. But interesting nonetheless. Also in the quote-unquote interesting category where I don't really feel like it's huge news other than it shows that there could be some significant changes in the industry. So you might be familiar with this district court in East Texas where everyone goes who has these ridiculous, horrible, chicken shit patent lawsuits where they – in a lot of cases, large U.S. firms go milk Asian manufacturers for patent infringement or Microsoft goes and gets Android royalties from everybody. There's this district court that's rifle with rife with corruption because mm-hmm. there is uh, – well, you can read into it. But there's a father-son relationship that's locked this monopoly on uh, horrible, horrible patent findings into this district uh, court in East Texas. Now, things are changing up for once though. No more Mr. Nice Guy as Hawaii or Wahe, is going into, district, going into this district court and is going to start suing American companies. Uh-huh. And this is a big shift because generally it's the reverse. Uh, it looks like they're going after T-Mobile in their first suit, asking judicial ro- ruling following uh, some previous patent rulings that they claim T-Mobile is infringing on standard essential patents. Um, the other, thing, the other thing I find really interesting about this is now Hawaii has become the third largest maker of smartphones following Apple and Samsung. So we're seeing a big in shift China, in the industry though, here. Right? Well, I would assume so. But that said, the Nexus 6P is made by Hawaii. Their, their oh. Android watch is one of the more popular ones. Okay. And um, you have them becoming the third largest maker of smartphones, and then you have them sort of marking the end of an era where Chinese companies were always on the defensive of IP suits, and now they're on the offensive. So they're coming on the offensive with patent lawsuits. They're becoming the third largest smartphone maker. I think this is an interesting trend again. Just like the Bitcoin having, there's not a huge concrete, oh my gosh, everything's changed story. But there is sort of a 
changing of the guard. There is a maturing of the market. There is a transition taking place here. And I think watching them is going to be really interesting for the next few years. You want to do a follow-up story while we're kind of in this interesting category? Yep. Remember the story – remember? Remember, and that's a, that's a that's sort of uh, yank slang there. Yep. Ashley Madison. Yes. Part of the big reveal on their data breach was they used those fembots to respond to guys to pretend to be potential women on the site right. to encourage them to stick around. They never really owned up to it, even though it had leaked. They never really owned up to it. Well, that's finally changed. After a year of radio silence, Ashley Madison has finally released a statement about what's next for the company. Among other things, the company's new executive team admits that it used fembots to lure men into pain to join the site. Of course, then they were promised discreet affairs with those men. This was for people who wanted to cheat. Yeah. And they did a little, uh, they did a little head change. Uh, the CEO stepped down, and earlier this week, the successors, Rob and James, finally opened up about what's been going on. They admitted the company used fembots, mm-hmm. and they swore never to use them again. Now, and here's where the fembots come, in, come into play. A guy decides he wants to cheat on his wife, right? And I'm not using – I'm using a guy because this is legit. This is a story. I'm not just – you know, because women do it too. Whatever. Um, okay. So he signs onto the website. He gets like 40 messages on the first day, but only to discover that none of them are real women that he can have sex with. So he asks for a refund. He doesn't want a subscription anymore. They resort to um, blackmail. Sure, you can cancel your account, but we don't do refunds and we'll mail a full list of what what charges have been made to your house. And, and, and uh, you know, to try to discourage that process. That so, explains one of the things they said in their statement is they're yeah. going to be using new discrete billing. Yes. Well, because so what what they did is so dirty. It's so dirty. But they were like, well, anytime you dispute a charge, you um, you're sent something from the credit bureau, you know, or like something like that. I don't know. It was it sounded legit, but it was it was so slimy um, to try to prevent people from, you know, reversing, getting the refunds. So, yeah, they're going to have a new discrete discrete billing. Uh, they're going to invest heavily in technology. They said that just sounds like more bots. <laughs> right? And they said yeah. no more fembots. But then they're really going to fix things up. This is how all companies in this position fix things up. Just ask Comcast. Oh, I'm sorry, Xfinity. Just ask Blackwater. Oh, I'm sorry, University. They're going (laughs) to rebrand. Yeah. They're going to rebrand, and uh, that should take care of things. Yeah, I'm sure they'll make it just like, you know, collection agencies, asset management, outsourcing recovery. doesn't sound like a collection agency at all. Nationwide recovery service. You know, like, it still sounds like a collection agency, even though it doesn't say, you know— we are yep. first comma yep. collection agency, you know, like, you know, whatever it is. Or, yeah. So this next story, it made me facepalm because if there was ever a case of the law not keeping up with technology, this is it. Because my understanding was, I don't know if it was sort of unofficial, but Reed Hastings, Netflix CEO, I believe made a public statement to the regard. Maybe maybe I'm getting confused with HBO Go now I think about it, but I'm pretty sure Netflix said publicly we're aware that a lot of people families share. share accounts. Yeah. And we're okay with that because a lot of times when people go out on their own or they get really invested in Netflix content, they make the decision to, to buy their own account. Our data shows us that's been working for us. So when I saw this story, I was like, facepalm. Yeah. Sharing your Netflix password is now a federal crime. Now, this story is coming from Fusion. Um, and it doesn't directly involve Netflix, but it's l- rulings around this. This is from three judges in U.S. Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit that issued a ruling last week. Three judges. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, this is when the United States versus the Nozzle involves David Nozzle. I don't even know what that, but he was a head runner who worked for a company before leaving in 2014. And uh, he recu- recruited former colleagues who used the password of a person still in the company to download information from their database to use at a new firm. Now, the ruling in this case can be applied to your Netflix login, which wow. I don't, I mean, I just can't really see this gaining traction, but it's, you probably, if you're, if you're, uh, if you're, Local uh, news station does like, here's your tech update. You're going to hear this story this week. Mm-hmm. This was uh, this particular story was ran on ABC 13 Action News. <laughs> hey, that's a good name. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so you're probably going to hear about this. I wouldn't worry a whole lot about it, but it, it technically does set precedent. It does. And especially because of Hulu and other like this is the way, of mm. the, you know, like so Jenny was doing an all girls night at her church and she needed a DVD. And she can't just go to a store and rent a DVD anymore. Like, she can't find it. There isn't that. Yeah, there's some red it's, boxes, but they have such limited selection. Exactly. And not an older movie, which is what she wanted. Well, yeah. So, like, uh, it would be way easier. Jeez, is to Jenny see. 40? I mean. All right, yeah. <laughs> DVD. All right. <laughs> this next story has got me all hot and bothered, all fired up. Uh, Rikai knows what pushes my buttons. He found the story and uh, submitted it for the show. This is from the FTC. Warner Brothers has paid YouTubers for positive reviews. Ah. And the reason why this burns me is, you know, when Bry embellishes about his story in an Iraq helicopter, we're kind of like, oh, mainstream news, right? When George Stephanopoulos used to be a contributor to the Clinton Foundation and now covers Hillary Clinton in the presidential run, like, ah, mainstream news, they're all corrupt. We don't really, you know, we don't really expect a lot from the mainstream news. And in fact, a lot of us technically savvy people have turned to independent content exactly. to, to get unbiased opinions. Mm-hmm. That's why this burns my hide so much, really grinds my gears. The U.S. Federal Trade Commission announced a settlement on Monday with Warner Brothers Home Entertainment, Inc. over the studio's alleged failure to properly disclose that it had paid top YouTube influencers, direct quote, to promote the 2014 game Middle Earth. Shadow of Mordor. Now, wow. the I haven't even heard of it. They did such a great job. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd heard of it, but it's, it's been okay, a little while. Yeah. The FTC's complaint says the third-party marketing team hired by Warner Brothers gave YouTube game reviewers cash payments, often ranging from hundreds of dollars to tens of thousands of dollars, as long as they made a video about Shadow of Mordor that met certain criteria. Among those criteria were stipulations that the video had to be positive about the game, could not show any bugs or glitches the reviewer may have found oh, in an wow. early release copy. So heavily um, edited. No. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't contain any negative statements about the game, Warner Brothers, or its affiliates, and had to include strong verbal call to action. They click the link in the description box for the viewer to go to the game's website to learn more about the game, to learn how they can register, and how to learn to play the game. Direct quote from the... And that call to action, that's what they say, too. I believe that's legit. According to the FTC, the the third-party marketing firm hired by Warner Brothers told the YouTube video creators to disclose that the video was sponsored in the information box below, which, if you think about it, is not a disclosure at all. Yeah. Uh, However, this ran afoul of the FTC's rules because viewers had to click the show more little thing that YouTube does to even see the disclosure. Right. I want to stop right there because I have noticed this. I have been watching, you know, as somebody who has been approached by sponsors that want to integrate content, um, there are, as someone who tried it for once, uh, for a little while on last with Loot Crate, Mm -hmm. there is, uh, and Loot Crate's big on YouTube, there is a sort of feel and sense you get 
to these videos sometimes. You go, well, this might – you sometimes get a little weird about it. And I've expanded that box and seen it a few times that they, this sponsored by. And I thought, you know, that's really not the place to put that disclosure. That should nope. be like in, in at the end of the video, at the beginning of the video, in right. a lower third. Put in it somewhere. Content. Yeah. Put not, it somewhere. Not hidden. Yeah. yeah. Um, the FTC claims that some of the paid videos never even included the disclosure in the show more area in the first place. And in those cases, the video makers only disclosed that they had received early access to Shadow of Motor, which is pretty common. Uh-huh. You've seen that. Right. The settlement with Warner Brothers does not impose any fines or payments. I was just going to say, who would they pay? Yeah, because they paid the the for the reviews. Yeah, you know, um, you, know what, you want you want to know what the slap of the on the wrist is? Oh gosh, what? Warner Brothers has to provide each influencer with a statement of his or her responsibilities. Ah, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. I you know this bothers me so much. It's 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 all the things we hate about the mainstream media coming to the internet. Wow. Yeah, you know, because this rule about um, having to state whether your post, your blog, or your video was paid for in advertising, that came out right as I was doing Mom Vault. And I was trying to figure out, like, are people going to, like, I I had to put, I bought this, I was not, you know, they did not buy me. I bought this, and I chose to review the product. And anyway, so, yeah, that really, that... That really sucks. And it's it's something I think that's a p- particularly offensive to us because it's so so sort of against our model and how we how we view the content and the trust relationship with the audience that it feels disrespectful to your it feels like treating your audience like they're idiots like yeah. they're never going to figure it out like you can pull one off on them and that offends me. Yeah. I, I, this is I, I have I I I don't know how to get around the conclusion I am coming to other than if you want to have. Trust in the opinions of the content producers you're listening or watching. The content needs to be audience funded. Patreon.com slash today. I'm going to talk a little bit about I'm, you know, I'm going to use a little bit of my unfilter spiel here just for this plug. Unfilter is a new show that we do that has its own Patreon that's separate from the Tech Talk Today patron. The funds we raise at patreon.com slash today are applied to all of the shows on the network. General costs, uh, special event costs, emergency fix costs, bandwidth things, you know, the things that make every show possible. Or when, an, when, when one particular show needs a little extra something, like a producer sent to a live event or something like that. That's what this is, patreon.com slash today. When you go here, you are enabling us to fund those base things by our audience. And this is a huge huge deal. It's not just something we've come up with as a way to make money. It fundamentally ensures that you know our compass is pointed to our audience. Our loyalties lie with 669 patrons at patreon.com slash today. We want to make content that makes them happy. You want to know who's sponsoring our content? It's them. And that fundamentally changes the trust. And the problem is, is now even on the internet, it's never truly been, you know, there's always been blog spam. There's always been native advertising. But it's, it is encroaching now on your average YouTubers, the people that you would expect to be able to have honest reviews from. Sure, some of the big YouTubers, that might not be that unexpected. But now you can see in some of these cases, it's just a couple hundred dollars they're paying these people. And they're still willing to throw out their, um, what would you call it? Authentic- authentication or authentication. Yeah, the, the genuine They're trust their audience has. Yeah. They're willing to throw out their um, credibility, like right. just for a couple of hundred bucks. Yeah, and and as a side note, you know, we do have sponsors on some of the shows, but it's only sponsors that we said yes to, you know, that we sought out, that we use their products, and we trust them. We, we do. We get at mm-hmm. least two to three 
sponsors each week that want to sponsor our shows. And yeah, you've, talk- you've probably wondered, why do they always have the same sponsors? Why don't yeah. they have new sponsors? The, the legitimate answer to that is our priority is to increase crowdfunding to keep the balance there. Now, right now, that's not the majority of our revenue base. But down the road, we'd sure like it to. We'd like to be able to keep the sponsors we have that we truly trust, that we work with, that we integrate with our day-to-day lives, that we aren't just – they're not paying us to to to, uh, to bump our content. If we mention DigitalOcean in a tutorial, it's because we actually set it up on DigitalOcean. If I have a Ting phone, it's because I I actually use Ting. And you want when we talk about those things, you want us to be talking about genuine things that we actually like and use. Mm-hmm. And that's where we've drawn the line. And it's been limiting in some terms because there's a lot of opportunities we turn down. But it's because. We're in it for the long haul here. We want this to be something that you can trust, and it's something we can do for a long time. We want we don't want to have we don't want to have our business pinned to one particular revenue model, and we don't want our priorities looking anywhere else other than our audience. Patreon.com/today is where you go to support not just this show, not just Tech Talk Today, all of the shows, and this show is your thank you. It's one of the thing one of the many ways we thank you. There's all other ways, which you'll find out more when you subscribe and get access to the back catalog feed, mm-hmm. which might have been a little slow last week since I was on vacation. But there's so much stuff in there. You got I mean, there's now. Couple, I mean, how long have we been doing this? There is About huge month, back yeah, catalog. No, I mean, the whole Patreon thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, June 2014. So there's a ton of content. If you've never been a patron before and if mm-hmm. you've never got if you are and just haven't gotten through it. Right. There's no time time limitation yeah. when yeah. you become a patron. You're a patron for the entire time, pretty much. Patreon.com slash today. Thank you, everybody who signed up while I was gone. Apparently, I leave. We get more get more patrons. Right, yeah. Thank you, Noah. <laughs> uh, all right, Angela. So with our plug done, I just felt like that was appropriate to do after that uh, news story about uh, the YouTubers. Why don't we bust out our Kickstarter of the week? Coming, of course, from Indiegogo, which would be appropriate. This one, I think, I think the audience is going to like okay. because it's super geeky. It's called the Omni Charge. Now they're trying to raise uh, fifty thousand dollars. They've already got two hundred thirty-six thousand dollars. Holy moly! Yeah, so it's happening. Yeah, it's 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 coming. It's real and it's here and it's fabulous. It's Omni Charge. This is Omni Charge, the world's first smart power bank, designed by best in field power management experts that can charge any device. Omni Charge is fully equipped with AC DC charging capabilities. Sold as well as two rapid charging USB ports. Yes, please. And is the only power bank on the market with universal charging. Oh, my gosh. Smart, powerful, Genius. compact. So it has... It, it looks has, small, too. Yeah, it is. It has it has high amperage uh, USB charging. That. It has a little screen. You're sold on the little screen. I, I bet you are. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do like that a lot. It has a traditional AC plug. You know what I was thinking about is, so uh, in the RV when we're going down the road... Uh, we have an inverter that runs some of the outlets, but only things like the TV, the entertainment system, the fridge, uh, a plug by Hadia's feet, and like a, just a couple of things because it's pulling power from the engine. Right. And you don't want to overdo it. Sure. And of course, the plugs where Dylan sits, not active. So we, ah, his laptop. Like on purpose or just while driving? While driving. Okay. Once you once Got you it. stop driving, yeah. yeah. Okay. So uh, he, you know, didn't sometimes when we when we'd be on the road for hours, he, he can't he can't charge any of his devices. He can't. So if we forgot to charge his iPad overnight, which mm-hmm. happened, or if he forgot to charge his laptop, or what happens more commonly with his laptop is the little plug doesn't go in all the way. Oh my gosh, I know. So then I kept you know I kept wanting a battery pack that would charge his laptop with AC. And, you know, the DC charging is super nice for devices, too. Now, can you is, put more than one thing in at once? On I this? think Does so. cover that? Let's watch. This is the only watch. power bank you will ever need. OmniCharge is designed for the modern professional's mobile lifestyle. All right. With this power bank, 
any space can become a workspace. And being tied to the wall socket is a thing of the past. It's really small. You'll be able to get work done wherever you need without running out of battery. OmniCharge can power even the most demanding laptops and is small enough to fit inside your everyday bag. The power bank's compact size means that you can carry it with you everywhere and never worry about running out of power while you're on the go. All right. You don't have to carry an extra charger. The battery's universal charging port means that it can be charged with any cable already around you. OmniCharge can power an incredibly wide range of devices, and its smart power management system means that it can recognize which device it's charging and adjust the optimal output. The world's first battery with a brain. All data is displayed in real time. I like that. From battery temperature to remaining charging time. I really like with that. With OmniCharge, <laughs> your device will be charged in the shortest possible time, allowing you to focus on what's important. This smart power bank can even be charged with a solar panel. I love that. And its unique uh. flow-through capability allows you to charge other devices while the battery itself is being charged. All that's, these devices totally that's sitting nice. in the sunshine, the though? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> OmniCharge allows you to lead a truly mobile life and never miss an opportunity to create a warm atmosphere for family and friends. I want that. <laughs> with OmniCharge, you can power the things that truly matter to you. Okay. The so, AC plug really, really opens it up to a lot of possibilities for yeah, me. Yeah, definitely. Did you see a USB port on it? I imagine yes, it has two. to. It has okay, two. good. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the chat room had asked yeah, that. Now, yeah. here's where I see. It I looks like there. It. it looks like there are um, there are two there are two USB ports and they're uh, like uh, five volt. 4.8 amps on one of them if you want. And then, yeah. So you could charge cool. like a big tablet really fast. Yeah. So I do sewing night once a month. And every time I go, we have to daisy chain the those uh, uh, power strips together just to get all the machines plugged in. That would be great. I could I could set my machine really anywhere, not just the length of the power cord. Or yeah. and, and avoid the, the whole daisy chain thing because that's never safe. I'm looking for uh, – so it looks like it has a 20,000 milliamp hour battery for those of you that are – yeah, 20,400. Um, and then it says here – they break that down. They say you could run an average TV, which whatever that is, up to three <laughs> hours. Projector, three to five hours. Uh, action cameras like the GoPro, eight charges. Holy crap. Wow. A laptop for 13 hours, nine charges on a smartphone. That – right there, though, is a pretty huge deal for me because one of the things that we run into really quickly when we're doing a shoot on location is the DJI drones, they blow through their battery in 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. The GoPro blows through its battery in about an hour. Uh, And so we have have two DJI batteries and we have two GoPro batteries. And Mm How do you charge that on the go? Uh, it's super impossible. So what we do is we go through the night before. And we make sure everything's all plugged in and charging all night long. And then we take we try to just bring extra batteries with us, mm-hmm. which is not effective. It's it's a pain in the butt. Often, you know, they get lost or they they just don't get charged properly. So something like this would be really super nice. And they have it, they have it showed up charging or there. It's it's running a 60 watt light bulb there. Um, I like the data display where it shows me the different draw different devices have. I I. In, in the RV again, I have a DC splitter that actually gives me that. I bought the, spe- the, the specific splitter I have because it gives me the draw of the different po- ports and it gives me the overall battery uh, information. So having that is actually when you're very serious about charging your devices, mm-hmm. helps you be smarter about it. It's pretty nice. So they have two different models, a 13,000 milliamp and a 20,000. Oh, you know what else this is good for? You'd have to have the 20. This is good for camping and this is good for power Huge. outages. Huge. 
Yeah. Hey, there are there are other battery packs if you just need yeah. the raw power. Mm-hmm. There you can get 20,000 milliamp yeah. batteries on Amazon. Well, I saw somebody at uh, Dairy Queen charging their phone with like a, one of those little portable stick things, which probably isn't very uh, Yeah, it's like one charge. Right. Yeah. yeah. But still, um they were worried about their phone dying, so good Yeah, and if you got a family, you know, with multiple devices, this yes. is pretty nice too. Yeah. So, there you go. So, it, we'll have the link in the show notes. I say we it's give a it victory. a victory. We finally got one. We finally got one. The yeah, OmniCharge, a smart and compact so, portable power bank. How much does this cost? Well, the early bird was one thirty, right? Mm-hmm. You, you, see, here's the thing: is you got two of them. You got the pro and you got the regular. So they had and a couple. What's the difference? Of, well, the pro is thirteen mil, thirteen thousand milliamps. Oh, more oh, I'm sorry, the pro was twenty, and the regular is thirteen thousand, right. which it really bigger is better in this. Bigger case. is definitely better in this case. Looks like two fifty for two pros. Mm. That's one of them, and that'd be you'd be getting that in October. Two twenty if you only want one. OmniCharge standard. Oh, so you get one standard and one pro for two and twenty. Oh, if you just want two standard OmniChargers, one eighty nine. So the the regular OmniCharger early bird uh, price right now is uh, there's still there's still some left. Ninety nine bucks. Else this is good for is fests. Like if we go to fests because I'd always have to go back to the hotel room to charge my camera mm. battery or my cell phone. Yeah. Or find an outlet, which yeah. again, like yeah. having to find outlets really, is so stupid. And and really at the fest too, we usually have one or two people who bring, you know, one or two different battery banks that we have yeah, to use. Yeah, in fact, yeah, I used blasters uh, last time at Linux yeah, Fest. And I'm us- I'm almost always using one of those. Yeah, because <laughs> he's always got great chargers picked out. So yeah, there you go, the Omnicharge. So it looks like ninety nine bucks for the regular Omni charger. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the. Uh, that ends up being maybe the shipping market price when it hits market. Chaotic Linux says, "Yeah, another Kickstarter win in my pocket." <laughs> <laughs> that was that was our Kickstarter of the week. That is, of course, an Indiegogo. That's how we do that, and that is Kick it! the Kickstarter of the week, and it has won. Congratulations, guys! Congratulations! All right, that brings us to the end of this week's episode of Tech Talk today. To find out about Future live shows, go to jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar, get it converted to your local time, watch it live at jblive.tv, or download it after the fact at jupiterbroadcasting.com. Submit stories, Kickstarters of the week, topics, and feedback at techtalktoday.reddit.com. And jupiterbroadcasting.com forward slash stickers. Support the whole network and uh, get yourself a sticker. Get yourself some swag. Are are those orders still uh, rolling out or are they slowed down? Yeah, they are. No, they they have slowed down yet, but mostly because they haven't been pimped on any of the shows for the last week. I've been gone. And I was going to ask Noah, but then I'm like, you know, he has so much to think about. Like, I'm just not going to. So, yeah. So, uh, give me something to do. No, just kidding. (laughs) I have plenty to do, but I will fill your sticker orders. It is, uh, if you have decided not to join Patreon, maybe this would be a good incentive for you to donate and get swag in return yeah yeah jupiterbroadcasting.com slash stickers and i could uh, i'll make one more i'll make a one more plug at jupiter signal if you're on twitter and you just want to get like a uh, new show notifications or network news stuff like that at jupiter signal has got it for you all right i'll leave you with another classic commercial right out of the childhood of yesterday on this episode thanks for being here see you next week uh, and now back to our program anyone have a magazine Today at 1. Let's get out of here. Sean Penn and Madonna go on a very unmissionary mission in Shanghai Surprise. Could you please get on with this, Mr. Wazy? We have a lot to do today. That it's free. It's a house possessed. Oh, mother of God, I'm coming apart! Margot Kidder and James Brolin can't escape the Amityville Horror. Shanghai Surprise at 1. The Amityville Horror at 3. Today on Fox 50.